0: Hi, my name is Shannon Lee.
1: I'm Jason Otero.
0: And you're listening to The Slapcast. Welcome back to The Slapcast, everyone. So good to be here. I am so pumped about what we've been talking about in this lovely month of October. I actually don't think it's lovely and here's why. October is when I start thinking about, oh no, we're heading towards winter and I don't like the winter. I know I talk about this every year. I'm going to try to not have an attitude problem this year, but I, I can't 100% promise. So <laughs> moving on.
1: You may be forgetting something. What? October is really close to our second annual Thanksgiving dinner slapcast. That's also, right. Top ten lists. Top ten fun games, prizes. I don't know if there's actually prizes. It, it seemed to fit in that sentence, but we
0: can figure something out yeah. before then. Um, I forgot about our Thanksgiving episode was pretty fun. That was, so that was fun pretty fun. fun, especially because I ordered food and didn't make any of it.
1: All the Bob Evans. All the Bob Evans. So if. <laughs> I don't know. Is, that, is, is that super it's national or is it like pretty much Ohio? I know it's from Ohio. Uh,
0: it might be regional. But it's, re- it's regional. I would say it's national. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't think so. Well, we can do that again or figure something else yeah. out. The cranberry sauce in pie was really good, by the way.
1: I really want to talk about them deleting the um, chicken pot pie from the menu, but that's probably <laughs> in a, another time.
0: Another time. Let's let's put a pin in that, okay?
1: <laughs> this Welcome is, to the Slabcast. That's
0: right. <laughs> this is part two of two episodes on accountability. What we are differentiating on is this, holding people accountable and developing accountable people. And in the last episode, we talked about three steps for developing accountable people. Those steps were set appropriate goals for people, specifically we we're talking about our version of smart goals which has to do with something being motivating for the m number two understand the natural development process of adult learning and then three give people what they need according to where they are developmentally okay so today i want to share what accountable people can do for you and your organization and more importantly what it creates for your people when you do this for them when you help them become accountable people i want to make a case for this essentially i want you to care about this, not just for you and what it will do for you, but because of what it does for the people who work for you. For organizations, leaders who create accountable people lower the overall costs to an organization. Listen, we've all had good bosses and bad bosses, and we know that a bad boss has a huge impact on the attitudes, behaviors, and performance of their team, as does, as does a good boss. So let's talk about this for a minute. Jason, how would you describe a worst boss? Don't name worst? who they are. Just give me descriptors, even if you just kind of have to imagine. What do they do that makes you put someone in the category of worst boss, even if they aren't all bad? What are some of those worst boss behaviors? Uh,
1: short-tempered.
0: Short-tempered, okay. Um,
1: like, not available.
0: Okay, not available.
1: Um, selfish. Insecure. Insecure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, How do you think people typically respond when they experience those worst boss behaviors? Like what happens when that kind of stuff goes on?
1: I think people either, uh, I think apathy is probably the most uh, Mm. common ending for that. Um, Because you can almost work with, with anger or frustration. You're still engaged, but a lot of times it's like a road to apathy. When it's like this is this is my leader for a long time. Yeah. If
0: and if apathy goes on too long, I would imagine people quit.
1: Oh yeah. Turnover's high.
0: Yeah. Engagement is
1: low. Yeah.
0: Or I think what's worse is they stick around, but then they actively disengage, right? They start working against the mm-hmm. organization. Gallup says, I think the latest was 16 or 14%, I think are actively disengaged, which is kind of scary. That means mm-hmm. they like, it's not that they're just apathetic. They've decided, oh no, I'm mad and I'm working against you, right? Mm-hmm. Now flip flip to the other end of the continuum. What are some behaviors of like best boss mm-hmm. that you can think of?
1: Um. Encouraging would be one for sure. Okay. Um, uh, They—I don't know if it's the right way to say—but it, but they enjoy coaching like this. They're doing—they're alongside. They celebrate with you. Um, for me, I like creative leaders, mm-hmm. um, where they, whenever there's a challenge, there's a creative solution, not just not just frustration immediately. Um, visionaries. Those would be some of mine. Yeah. And what
0: might be some reactions of that kind of leadership?
1: Well, that's freeing um, because you know that you're succeeding together and you really get an experience, which can be kind of cliche, but like when one person wins, everybody wins. But you, when you get a glimpse of that kind of an environment, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, and you can enjoy work.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, what's interesting is research actually confirms that there's a cost to these organizations when we have those worst leaders or this ineffective leadership. And this is in terms of like turnover, low engagement, product, low productivity, and ultimately poor bottom line results. Um, there's a study that Camp Blanchard companies did, and uh, they call it Making the Business Case for Leadership Development. And they found out some really interesting things. And some of these stats are, are pretty broad, but in high turnover, they found that anywhere from 9 to 32% of an organization's turnover can be avoided through better leadership skills. Only 30% of US employees are engaged at work and managers account for at least 70% of the variance in employee engagement. We have control over this and yet Mm -hmm. here we are not investing in teaching people how to lead well. 58% of employees say poor management is the biggest thing getting in the way of productivity and poor leadership costs the typical organization as much as 7% of their total annual sales. 7% might sound low but I don't know, if you're a billion or million dollar company, that's a lot of cheddar. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. Um, As I mentioned in the last episode and just reviewed, one of the ways to create accountable people is by giving people, like I said, what they need according to their development level. We know that leadership is not a one-size-fits-all deal, but here's the thing. A McKinsey report that was done back in August of 2017, it was called What's Missing in Leadership Development, highlights this issue and the need for leaders to be more flexible or situational in their approach. That research showed that 54% of leaders only use one leadership style regardless of the situation. So what that means is about half or more of those that they're leading are not getting what they need. At least half are not getting what they need because the leader leader is showing up kind of one way all the time and about 50% of the people that work for them or more don't need that leadership style at that time. So the quote from the report is, an important piece of the puzzle is enhancing the ability of leaders to adapt to different situations and adjust their behavior because they represented what you needed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think mm-hmm. that's
1: accurate? Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Like, here's what I mean. If a best behavior for you is teaching you how to do something new. Right so they gave you um, training and coaching on doing something new let's say you identified that as a best leader behavior it's because what you needed at it's what you needed at the time but if that same boss kept teaching you and reteaching you the same task after you had mastered it five years down the road, guess what you would never you wouldn't identify that as a best boss mm-hmm. behavior anymore right mm-hmm. you would say they're micromanaging me no, you would say sure, that yeah. or you would say they don't trust me mm-hmm. So the behavior isn't always itself good or bad, but it's relative to what people need at a certain time in their development. Now, I I want to say that, of course, there are still all around bad behaviors, like it's never okay to humiliate people, creating a toxic work environment. But in general, the good behaviors that we identify, we are really identifying them as good because it's us getting what we need when we needed it Mm -hmm. i believe leaders want to do their best i really believe that they intend to show up well but don't always know how or have the skills and mindsets to manage their team members effectively they too however deserve to be invested in and equipped with the right framework and tools to be effective at leading their people they shouldn't have to fail or misstep before they receive training and all too often that's what happens
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's interesting, we had this discussion about a year ago, if you'll recall, we realized that the way we were talking about one of our programs inadvertently said we were looking for people who were like broken and were not good managers and we wanted to fix them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And while I think we can help poor managers, really what we were trying to do th- through that program is prevent bad habits for new and would-be new managers is really Mm -hmm. what the program... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm overgeneralizing here, of course. But what we realized was there are quite a few managers that nobody is paying attention to their development until they make a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And then they're getting them development. How much time, productivity, and frustration could be saved if at first... We went to those managers and prepared them for their first leadership experience so that they don't develop those habits in the first place. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned last time, Gallup says that only 5% of managers are, have this innate leadership ability and that the rest of us have to learn Just because you're good at your job doesn't mean you can lead others doing the same Mm -hmm. job. Those are two different skill sets. But learning to develop accountable people doesn't just impact things like turnover and engagement from an organizational standpoint. This can positively impact individuals and teams. So I want you to think about this. When leaders give their people what they need, when they need it, thereby creating accountable people, these are some benefits that we find out from that research that are realized. And this is just, this just makes sense to me. First of all, their development is accelerated. With the appropriate direction and support, people progress through the development levels that we talked about in the last episode. They progress through them very quickly or more quickly and it accelerates their own growth and so they can deliver more results sooner for the company. Can you imagine if you leave someone alone to develop on their own and they don't get what they need if they happen to develop on their own, it might take them 18 months, Mm -hmm. but if they could accelerate that and be really, you know, as they say, you know, running with all eight cylinders, Mm -hmm. that's like a car euphemism. I don't know if that works for everybody, but could you imagine if that happened at nine months or at 12 months, Mm -hmm. how much productivity would be saved? So their development is accelerated. Number two, productivity increases as well as performance. When managers and their team members speak a common language around how we wanna develop, it increases the quality and quantity of conversations about development and creates a culture focused on high performance. These conversations and this common language are formed because the leader is now intentionally working to develop someone. And so they have this shared language. And then increased engagement and retention, that's the third. Leaders who meet the needs of their people, raise morale, make others feel valued, and ultimately increase commitment, engagement, and retention. And then finally, the fourth, they create proactive problem solvers. When employees feel that their managers have their best interests at heart, they perform better, they're more creative, and seek optimal solutions to problems. And You know, I love to talk about mindset, so I just want to pause here and say, I think the reason why is when an employee feels like their manager has their best interest at heart, there's trust, there's not fear. Mm -hmm. Fear always inhibits creativity. It always, like, blocks out solutions because we are built this way. Our amygdala tells us, I'm afraid. What's the shortest path from A to Z? How can I get how can I finish this task as quickly as I can? They're not thinking about optimal pathways. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about fast pathways. And so when someone feels trusted, they feel safe, they're not in fear. And as a result, they are more creative and look at more options. And so that's what makes them this creative, proactive problem solver. So when people's development is accelerated, they're more productive. So I'm, I'm really talking about how these four work together. Those two things amp up engagement... And you end up with proactive problem solvers, otherwise known as, ding, 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 accountable people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: If you tuned into the September episodes, you remember the CEO of WD-40, Gary Ridge. Gary implemented this approach at WD-40. The approach is formally called SL2. I've talked about this before. and. I'm probably gonna talk about it again. I'm a fan. I'm certified in this uh, approach. Um, that's how much I believe in it. It's the most widely used management model in the world. After fully implementing and utilizing SL2 in the company, WD-40 engaged in a, uh, or conducted an engagement survey. This was in 2016, was their first survey. These were their results for their first engagement survey. Their overall employee engagement was more than 92%, 928 to be exact. In addition, an incredible 98.4% of their employees indicated they love, not like, they love to tell people they work for WD-40. An astonishing 99, I can't even believe this number, 99.1% of team members said their opinions and values are a good fit with the WD 40 company culture. In other words, they see themselves mm-hmm. as being a valued part of the culture. And these results are based on a 95% return rate. What's important to note there is sometimes when there are internal, um, like engagement surveys, leadership will select a percentage of the employees to respond. Mm-hmm or they send it to everybody and only a certain percentage respond, whatever. So it's important to know that 95% of the employees at WD-40 actually responded to this engagement survey. So this is a really, really accurate sample of what it's like to be there. It's an entire organization or nearly an entire organization responding with that level of engagement. Most importantly, SL2 had a significant impact on their top line sales of the company, increasing their sales, 54%. 54%. Now, there's another number that Gary shared with me when I talked with him and that is that in his time as CEO to today, they've actually increased their sales five times over. So this these stats are from 2016, but year to but like from then to today Five times over, which is just—that's
1: pretty good. Yeah. That's
0: it's not bad. Solid, I mean, I think I think solid I'd like numbers. that. Yeah, I'd like that. Mad about it. Not too shabby. No, not yeah. At all. <laughs> so, here's the thing: it takes work. It takes work to do this, but it's worth it. It's worth it when what you have at the end of this process—it's not the end—but when you have a, an employee working for you that is accountable for their goals, and the accountability is coming from inside of them. Now you're not having to hold them accountable, but rather they are accountable because they have found an intrinsic value in it because the whole experience of learning and developing under your leadership has been so positive that it kind of tells their brain, give me more, give me more. Any final thoughts on that, Jason?
1: I just think it's so interesting how much more freeing it is to start with a place of Working together in that accountability, embracing it when you're in a healthy environment where that happens, where you have a leader that's really trying to to develop you into that kind of a person, versus one where you start with fear or suspicion. Suspicion's a yeah. rough on the road; that will lead you down, because you you you're looking externally for something that can only be fixed within you. Um, and so, when you're in an environment where this this key piece of accountability is in place, you begin to become that you're only more productive and ultimately more fulfilled because you've done it in a healthy way yeah so.
0: and fulfilled people again i'm not trying to throw a bunch of stats out but there's a lot to be said for fulfillment in the relationship to engagement mm-hmm. gallup tells us mm-hmm. and that that satisfaction engagement fulfillment all of those things work together and they really create highly engaged Highly productive and accountable people for sure. For sure. Okay, so that's all the time we have for this episode. But, real quick, just a few announcements. As usual, you can connect with us on all of our socials, and you're going to want to do that because all of our programs are virtual. So, if you're listening from, you know, St. Paul or I don't know, LA, Do we have any folks from L.A. listening? I'd love to hear from you. Do we? Do you know that for sure? Oh, how cool. What up, L.A. friends? Hello. Shout out to everyone listening from L.A. Are you lying to me right now? You're laughing. You're lying? I
1: have no idea where people are. I'm
0: from the cornfields of Ohio, so someone listening from L.A. is like, ooh, how exciting. Um, But... That's going to be the quickest way um, other than our email list, which of course you can join by going to our website, but that's going to be the quickest way to learn about our, all of our virtual events. And let me just say something right now, our virtual workshops are not you sitting there passively listening to someone, you know, going on and on for three hours. Okay. They are highly engaging. They're fun. Um, It's either myself or some other equally entertaining facilitator. um, And we don't take ourselves too seriously. We love engaging with and connecting with our participants. So, you know, check out all of our virtual programming on RelayLeadership.com. Secondly, if you're interested in learning more about how you can create accountable people, like I said before, this is all about implementing SL2. SL2 used to exist only as a brick and mortar program. It was a 16-hour, two-day workshop, very intensive. And what we've done now is we have kind of three different virtual iterations to offer to you that that range everywhere from a completely self-paced, self-directed offering all the way to a live virtual offering um, of that program and a couple things in between. So if you wanna learn more about that, email me at slapcast at relayleadership.org and tell me that you want me to contact you about SL2 and we can set up a time to chat. Okay, that's it for now. Until next time.